Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, um, before jumping into today's episode, I wanted to make a few announcements. Um, First, as I alluded to on Instagram, I am currently out in Montana. Um, My husband and I came out at the end of March to stay at my dad's house. I say this mostly to apologize for my sound quality. I didn't bring my real mic and I did not realize that I'd be out here for what looks like the better part of 2020. Um, (laughs) So sorry about that. Um, But I am trying to embrace the theory that things are better done than perfect which is hard for all of us nerds, I know. (laughs) Um, Second, I wanted to let you know that tomorrow night I'm going to be on a webinar hosted by Sarah Cottrell of the Former Lawyer Podcast. Uh, It's part of her collaborative program. Go check it out and sign up if you're interested in joining. Uh, But in any case, if you haven't already, go listen to her podcast for some additional stories of people leaving the law. Okay. So today, my guest is Mary Cobb. She is both an artist and a working lawyer. She tells us about how she left full-time practice to move to Italy and learn to paint. She's now built a dual career, returning to practice as a staff attorney while building her art business on the side. I think her story gives a really good glimpse into how pursuing your interests and passions can be balanced with a legal job, if that is where your comfort zone lies. So I hope you enjoy. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I'm really excited about our conversation. Great. So I want to start by sort of going back to the origin story of everyone and um, asking, you know, what what made you want to go to law school in the first place? <laughs> now that it seems so long ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, probably, I don't know, at this point, 15 years ago or so, maybe. Um, I was raised in a family where both of my parents were heavily involved in human rights work, mm. um, both domestically and overseas. So, And my father's from Argentina as well. We had a lot of people staying with us throughout my childhood that were you know, fleeing various political situations throughout the world. Um, yeah. So after I graduated college, um, I eventually started thinking about graduate school and law school seemed like a great way to basically impact a lot of people um, mm-hmm. with that mindset of wanting to make a change. So it, I really went into it with, um, with that mindset, expecting to leave law school and start a career in human rights. And then of course things went a little differently. <laughs> so uh, how did they go differently? <laughs> well, I was in law school and um, again, very loyal to the the human rights cause and mm-hmm. volunteered my summers there, as everyone knows the importance of summers. Um, mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel I fit into the corporate environment. So I never took that OCI, uh, you yep. know, interviewing process that seriously, uh, or not that I didn't take it seriously, but never saw myself as a real candidate for corporate America. Um, mm-hmm. law. So um, 
I was in the midst of law school in my third year, um, not having any idea yet what I was going to do after law school. Yeah. I was TAing for a professor at that time in legal writing, I think, um, where you, you know, help the first years understand how to legal write, do legal writing. Mm-hmm. You happen to be a prosecutor full time at the local prosecutor's office in California at the time. And he said, mm-hmm. hey, I like you. You seem to have half a brain. <laughs> um, do this three-month internship we offer our um we offer while you await bar results i'm like yeah that, that actually sounds fun so i went and did that and just fell in love with the work of a, of a prosecutor um happened to be kind of good at it as well i think yeah <laughs> just, yeah you know the way you put these cases together and ended up staying the prosecutor for almost seven years so that was very unexpected oh wow so so at that point, were you thinking, I'm just going to do this for a few years because I seem to like it, and you still had the human rights work in the back of your mind? Or was it sort of you just gone down a different yeah. path and every the whole outlook was different? I think the whole outlook became different. Um, I know it's, you know, it doesn't sound right when I say this, but for me, working as a prosecutor did allow me to help people. And yeah. I worked very well with the defense attorneys, partly because I had an outlook of, you know, where the injustices usually are, what my mm-hmm. role in those are, et cetera. So um, I certainly felt like I can make a, I can maybe make a difference in a system that is very broken. Um, so yeah. that sort of soothed that urge I had to, to make a difference. Yeah. And so and, after and I, I did really there. Talk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. So, um, so after your three years there, what was your next step? So then I, um, I, I think a year, two years or so into prosecuting, I worked for a federal judge. I'd interviewed during law school for those, but didn't get one. But then mm-hmm. called me a couple of years later. So I went and did that and then just returned to prosecution again with the, with no real plan. You know, I mm-hmm. think I was in my early 30s. Bless all of us in our early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I used to think I was so old, <laughs> and I, I had it all planned out. And um, it sort of this—I came to a very critical point in my life, and I definitely think that's where these moments happen, um, where these changes take place. I was um, engaged in a relationship I didn't actually start to see a future in, and yeah. as a prosecutor, and I just started to feel like, what am I doing? Where is this going? Yeah, yeah. And that's an overwhelming feeling when you're like, I've built this whole life and now it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh so what was your reaction to this sort of crisis moment? Well, it you know, this little voice kept getting louder and louder and eventually I couldn't ignore it and I ended it ended sort of um just I ended up exiting stage left, I would say, out of life. I broke <laughs> yeah. engagement, quit my job, um, moved back home with my parents. I was 35 at the time. Um, and I think everyone was a little scared. They're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was actually equally terrified. So Yeah, I was going to say, how did you feel at that point? Absolutely terrified. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. terrified. Um, but, you know, my parents were very supportive and let me just crash there for a couple of months while I figured things out. And then, you know, these weird set of circumstances happened. I had a girlfriend living in Italy, in Umbria, as a painter. Mm-hmm. And 
invited you know me to come join a course for a week. And I had never been a painter. And mostly was like, hey, come to Italy, take a breath. I'm like, that sounds amazing. I have no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my my mom was just, it makes me cry to, to think back to, but she, um, you know, she just like saw something. And yeah, saw something in me, and she said, "I'm I'm going to pay for this flight." I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> yeah, so end up going there and taking this week long course, which I can talk about later. But yeah. realized there's something here that I love in Italy as painting. And to make a long story short, I actually ended yeah. up um, going back to Italy and living there for three years in Rome. And wow, <laughs> that's I mean that is a shift, right? That's not. That's not, oh, I just, you know, made a little change. It's really yeah. overhauling your life. Yeah, I didn't mean to stay for that long. I went there for yeah. months and then just ended up staying. I'd come back to the U.S. and work for a month or so to make enough money to go back, but still went yeah. into debt and all those things. But it really was yeah. I needed to just undo everything. Yeah. My husband actually went to Italy thinking he was going for a week and stayed for a year. So that's <laughs> So, <laughs> so it sounds it sounds familiar at least. Same um, <laughs> things of what ends up keeping you there. Yeah, you know. Um, so <laughs> as you were there, you continued to to paint. Exactly. Yep. I, yeah. I think I started out. Um, I lived with family initially. We have some family there, and I, again, it was so hard to let go of my identity as a lawyer that I ended up volunteering at a local law firm with a very, you know, prestigious set of lawyers. And one of them was the president of the Lawyers Without Borders. Um, And I remember just dreading going to work. It would like ruin my day to have to go to work. And I remember standing up one day and I'm like, I'm just done. I'm done with my lawyer life right now. And of course I made sure I tied ends up with these places, but right, right. That was terrifying to say, I'm just now going to live in Rome and not be quote doing anything other than painting. <laughs> right. Like what did you have any feeling like everyone who knows me thinks I'm insane or were you just kind of like, I just know I am where I'm supposed to be. How was that experience? Yeah. I, I think more of the latter, which is yeah. I didn't know where I was going. It was like, you, you know, I always, uh, told this vision I had of I'm leaving the shore in this boat and on the shore is everything I knew who I was what yeah. I was jobs and I was rowing out to the middle of the ocean yeah <laughs> destination in sight but I knew that's the direction I wanted to go so it was scary the the great thing about Italy is um you know I didn't put on the front of being a lawyer and that wasn't my identity there so the friends I made just knew me as Mary the American who was here taking some time out <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a lot less pressure. Yeah. And you just, you had said you'd never thought about painting. It just came naturally to you. Yeah. Well, you know, that's nice to say it comes naturally. I feel like every yeah. artist would say it's this tortured experience of yeah. <laughs> trying well, to paint. Yes. <laughs> Understood. But, but thank you for saying it may look back that way. Um, <laughs> no, it, that is true. I, um, it was the scourge I had around that really hard time when I was engaged and still working. And I just wanted to start painting and I'll never know really where that came from. The only way yeah. I could understand that is that I had been a very serious runner for most of my life and a very mm-hmm. runner. And so there was no room for anything other than running. And it, I think it took a little bit into my later life to feel something else. Um, yeah. Again, it just, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. But I think, sort of the lesson in that is 
sometimes you can't question it too much. You just, if you feel like it, you just have to pursue it. Yeah. And I, you know, I wrote a, um, a post on Instagram, I think a couple months ago where I said, I'm finally coming out as a lawyer here on my design, uh, artist, uh, Instagram yeah. because I felt sort of ashamed that I wasn't a real artist who'd been doing this my whole life. It's really only been about, I think five or seven years now that I started painting. And, yeah. um, I, that's a long time. It is now, a I'm, sure, I'm sure someone would be like, don't say that about yourself. You are a real exactly, artist. Exactly. But it took a long time. <laughs> I did not have a lifetime of art and painting. So yeah. I agree with what you yeah. said. Yeah. Take those urges seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're in Rome, you're painting and living your eat, pray, <laughs> <Exactly>. life. <laughs> um, Completely wild Italian lovers. Of <laughs> nice. Well, how else would you do it? <laughs> um, but you did eventually come back. So tell us a little bit about what the process was of coming back and what, what you sort of transitioned to once you were back. Sure. Um, I was living in Rome still for about three years. And then um, I picked up a contract job. Uh, I think I was back in D.C. where my parents lived for about a month or so, back on one of these kids where I would just pick up a little bit of money and go back. Um, yeah. And I shouldn't say a little bit of money, of course. It was, you know, on these contract attorney jobs, you can actually yeah. do amount of money. So um, anyway, while I was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, is that sort of how you kept yourself going was exactly. periodically coming yep. back, tapping into your lawyer skills and then going back and... Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's sort of the benefit of also where legal industry is right now, that there is yeah. opportunity for contract work. Um, it's yeah. complicated enough. I still went into debt, but it, it eased that as well. Yeah. Um, and anyway, when I was back on one of those stints, um, uh, I got asked to come to a firm for an Italian case on a contract job. And mm. I said, okay, yeah, it's only for a couple of weeks or so, then I'll, I'll go back. And I started there at the firm. That's the firm I'm at now, Melbourne mm-hmm. Myers. And there, it was just, it was, it felt right in the sense of they knew who I was. Yeah. Um, they knew what I cared about. They knew about my whole Rome, you know, life. And one day the boss came in and said, um, hey, you know, have you ever considered working here full time as a staff attorney? <laughs> so, you know, and you mentioned it, you aren't just, painting for fun as a hobby you are now really turning this into a business so maybe you can tell us a little bit about what what that looks like because I think it's a different situation than a hobby yes exactly I would say I started out painting just because I wanted to paint and then um in the midst of these three years in Rome I realized this is where my heart is and I need to take this more seriously um, and of course, there are some artists who make the decision to, you know, so to speak, quit their full-time job and just take on their art. Um, that was a d- difficult decision I made to not do that. And that's, mm-hmm. just, I think, based on who I am and yeah. what, where I know my, my, where I know I'm at peace. And I'm at peace where I'm financially stable. I can pay my mortgage. I can, um, you know, have the little things that I want. And yeah. I feel like I actually paint best under those circumstances. So oh, interesting. I, yeah. And to anyone who's listening to this, I, I decided not to buy into what I thought was this story that you, if, if you're a real artist, you're, you're going to do that full time. Do I want to one day? Of course. But it was yeah. about 
starting to take that more seriously and have the financial stability to build this business. Yeah. I mean, I think that is, if, you know, all of us lawyers are sort of risk averse by, you know, nature kind of. And I think a lot of people don't think, you know, I think why this conversation is, is interesting is, you know, it doesn't have to be a one day you up and quit your job and have no idea where your money is coming from. And, you know, you're like at risk of being homeless. Yeah. You know, there are these middle grounds. And like you said, you, you feel like in the long run, you would love to be able to do your art business full time, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work to have years of an in-between that allow you to do both. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. it, you know, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, there are, I think it was like Philip Glass or something. I can't remember, but there have been, you know, very successful artists who literally work a day job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that very company, company, those are not mutually exclusive as certainly at the outset over time, I'm finding, I wish I had more time for my art business. Um, yeah. And that will be some, that'll, that'll be a bridge I have to cross at some other point. Yeah. Do you find that your skills as a lawyer help in building your business? I would think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. For sure. Just understanding how a business works, um, the importance of client relations, the importance of deadlines, following through. Um, but I think it's a bit of a chicken and the egg. I probably became a lawyer because I like those things. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So it happens to carry over in, into my business something that I'm comfortable with and good at. Yeah. But, um, and I guess... Part of you, you've mentioned a few times about it seems a little like you live in this world of not knowing whether to identify as a lawyer or an artist. And I'm just sort of curious about that. And why, I guess, also, I mean, I ask this question of you as I would ask it of myself is why do we always feel like we have to identify as one or the other? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely love that. And I think, um, you know, let, let me know if you've figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, it's probably human nature and it's it's pressure from society to really identify as one thing so people can identify with you. Um, yeah. It's a little harder to straddle both, but I absolutely believe it's possible and great. Yeah. I know. I think we just have to let ourselves do that, right? And as you you know, as you do it for longer, I think as you sort of do law, but maybe it's not like, you know, your heart's work, you get more comfortable with the idea that your identity isn't completely tied up in it. Yeah. And the longer you do your art, the more, you know, whether or not this is, is legitimate, you feel more like a real artist, quote unquote. Yeah. I, I think so. And I, yeah, know, a lot of thinking on this that I think, um, you know, I believe we each have something that truly nourishes us, you know, not some kind of calling maybe, but something that truly nourishes painting is that for me. And I think, um, you know, a lot of us just get caught up in this idea that we, like you said, have to be yeah. one thing. I'm, I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor, I'm, I'm a yeah. mom, everything. And there is time and there is space for anything else that you want to be. You just have to go into that space and be it. <laughs> And yeah, you sacrifice. You're going to have to figure out who's going to watch your kids. All these things, right? But it's yeah, it's yeah, constantly possible. Yeah, and so, but in the long run, you would see yourself making a a permanent transition into the art business. That sort of 
ideally in a perfect world. Yeah, you know, I, I got asked this the other day. And yeah. one times I must say, um, in an ideal world, I'd love to do a little bit of law work. I really like what I do. Um, yeah. I work sort of on the back end of cases in a computer algorithm, basically. And I love mm-hmm. that. And in the ideal world, I might want to even do a little bit of that on the side. Yeah, um, but maybe fewer hours than I, you know, have to do now. Um, yeah, yeah. It's certainly, mostly, I would love to be able to devote my time to my art and my wallpaper and just growing yeah. in that capacity. Yeah, um, I wonder a little just because we're living in a very bizarre world right now. <laughs> sort of what your impressions are of has, you know. I would think that you feel pretty good about this middle ground that you've selected given the uncertainty in the world right now. Um, but what, you know, what are you seeing in terms of, of both sides of this, the practice of law and, and, you know, a business in the art world? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, I just, I feel so fortunate um, to have income right now as an artist, because obviously, yeah. you know, so many artists are without work right now. And that's yeah. really hard to see. Um, it's also hard because I'm trying to grow my business in a time when other people are devastated financially, business-wise, and that's a hard thing to do as well, to post art, art and post pieces for sale and sort of feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a hard thing to straddle, but um, certainly I give back where I can. I'm going to post a couple pieces next Monday that hopefully will, you know, um, I'm still working out charities and all that stuff, but, you know, I do what I can on that front. But yeah. Um, you know, in terms of where we are right now, I think I'm hoping everyone just sticks with it. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think we are going to come out of this? And I think we're going to have learned a lot about ourselves, how we we run our own lives. Um, certainly with the legal industry, you know, mm-hmm. um, my firm's fortunate right now to still be up and running. Um, yeah. And but doing but doing it remotely, presumably. Exactly. Yes, we're all yeah. working, yeah. we're closed, partially because there's a order here in DC that the offices are closed. So we're all working from home. And yeah. in some ways it's been great to have FaceTime with each other that we wouldn't normally have. And we're learning to be more efficient and see where mm-hmm. and do things more efficiently, even if we do go back to the office. Um, yeah. so what I'm hoping is that we all come out of this, artists, lawyers, etc., with really having had a chance to look at what worked and what didn't in our own lives and across business as well. Yeah. I, I think, you know, of course you think about people who've lost jobs or have no income and there's, there's obviously a lot of people, you know, of course people who've gotten ill, or died. Mm-hmm. you know, it's a very serious situation, but I do also think that if you're in an okay situation there, it's a, it's maybe a moment of opportunity in some ways. Um, and I, I wonder if because law firms have had to go remote mm-hmm. that, um, that this might become something that is more possible, which might lead to a situation where arrangements like you have, where you, you know, you're full time, but you can do it in a more flexible way might allow people to have, find these situations where they could find a balance maybe a little easier. I think that's, you know, that's such a great point. So tell us a little bit about sort of your future plans and, you know, you made a reference to the wallpaper, but maybe just sort of tell us the whole sort of business that you have going on that front. 
Sure. And where people can find you. Yeah, great. So um, uh, last year, I thought to myself, I would love a larger canvas. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. put it on a wall. And that spy, uh, spiraled into um, getting my wallpaper business up and running. So I take my paintings and I have them scanned. And then I take snippets from the scan and make um, wallpaper. And if you go online, you can see that. So my goals right now with the business are definitely to create or to um, expand my painting portfolio which I'm doing right now. I'm ready mm-hmm. for the bit um, that opens on June 10. And then also get the wallpaper. Um, I did one round of prints last year and then just got really busy with another mural I was doing. And so um, look forward to stepping back and getting some more designs out this year. Yeah. And in terms of where you can find me, um, Instagram, Facebook, my, my website, they're all Mary Cobb Design. And it's not designs, it's design. <laughs> Excellent. Mary Cobb Design. www.marycobbdesign.com. My email is mary at marycobbdesign.com. Facebook and Instagram are all Mary Cobb Design. Awesome. And I, well, love, I love hearing from people and questions, et cetera. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I think there will probably be a lot of people very interested in, in what you're doing here. Yeah, and I'm also happy not only to talk about my art, et cetera, but if anyone needs, you know, to share their story of what they're thinking about doing, I'd love to hear it and see if I can offer any wisdom I learned along the way. There are, yeah, that's very nice and generous. There are, there are four, <laughs> I wrote these down because I wanted to share them. Um, yeah. Forever, it's, whatever it's worth to people. These are four quotes I wrote down and kept in my purse. Um, actually, I still have it. This is when I was starting this whole thing years ago. And these yeah. are that meant the most to me. Um, you don't need to see the whole staircase. Take the first step in faith, Martin Luther King. You yeah. jump off the cliff all the time and build your wings on the way down. That's Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Life about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. George Bernard Shaw. And only when we're no longer afraid do we begin to live by Dorothy Thompson. So oh, I love all of those. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I do think there is something to be said for writing those things down that motivate you and inspire you and actually looking at them regularly. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a, it's a worn out post-it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, Mary, thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time to chat with me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.